0: And go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench
1: Units podcast with uh, me, James, and that guy, Mark. Funny how you had to think of your own name and could just roll my (laughs) tip of your tongue. I I can see you. I can't see me. So, (laughs) yeah, um, the
0: NBA trade deadline has come and gone and we were right about some stuff and really wrong about some other stuff. But the most important thing to keep in mind is that We were just talking about stuff that we thought would be good. So even if we were actually wrong,
1: it would have been cool if we were right. I think that that was basically the vibe of our whole last episode, wasn't it? Hey, even if this doesn't happen, it would be cool if we were right about this.
0: Yeah, being right is always cool. And also it was just like, hey, wouldn't this guy be fun on this team? Could it actually happen? I don't think so. But man, wouldn't it be fun? (laughs) Like some NBA 2K trade type stuff. Yeah. yeah. What were your overall impressions of the trade deadline? Like, was there anything that stuck out? Um, specific about just how players moved in general?
1: Yeah, I, having... I mean, I guess the background to this episode a little bit is that we said we'd do it a few days after the trade deadline because I don't think either of us are massive fans of the whole thing where it's like, hey, this trade happened six minutes ago. Let's assign a grade from A to F based on what we think it'll look like because that's the equivalent of giving out homework and then trying to mark it before it's been handed in. Yeah, um,
0: grading it based on how the person took the sheet of paper off you.
1: Yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah. So, having watched the kind of first handful of games that have fallen out of it, I've realized the value in trading European guys to places where there are other European guys because I've watched (laughs) every Bulls game so far. And it's like, oh, of course, Jokic, sorry, not Jokic, uh, Vucevic, Vucevic. Tice, and Sataransky look like they played pickup basketball together every day of their lives on the common border of Germany, the Czech Republic, and Montenegro. It's. Like the chemistry that European guys seem to have is like hilarious. Um, yeah, but I wonder if they just get together and they're like, Oh
0: my god, this guy's actually going where he's meant to at all t- This guy isn't <laughs> just like, Give me
1: the ball and I'll go one on one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that's been observation number one up to this point. Um, observation number two obviously, as a long suffering Orlando Magic believer um i've had to have some very difficult thoughts about the fact that a eight-year rebuild is now being capped off with a reconstituted rebuild that may well last another few years um did. yeah <laughs> um i just yeah having looked at what the magic did i've convinced myself to root for every incarnation of the magic up until this year at which point they were starting Dwayne Bacon, Frank Mason and James Ennis together and I was like yeah you know what I'm out. Um, But yeah I look at kind of what might come back from this and they go they can go Fultz, Cole Anthony, um, Isaac when he's back, Carter and Bamba, do what you will with either of those guys and Chumo Kiki looks like he's actually going to be a good NBA player and they've got RJ Hampton as well so I feel like although they're rebuilding again on top of an eight-year rebuild it's slightly less bleak than it seems for some other places who tear it all the way down and I can't believe I've just started on the team that's willingly gone into the pit of irrelevance (laughs) but yeah so mine's all magic I'll let you take the real teams no, Orlando
0: Magic actually went for it and tore it down, apart from being like, instead of being like, hey, someday if we try really hard, we'll top out at the eighth seed. Yeah. It's like <laughs> We'll take our first game off the Bucks, and then people will get excited, and then we'll get steamrolled. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like, unless you've got a long-term plan to actually win championships, which is what the whole thing's about. Like, I kind of don't really see the point. Like, I get that if you run a business and you want playoff games to sell tickets or whatever, you want your team to be fine. But, like, most teams either bottom out or they get lucky or they happen to be in L.A. or New York or somewhere like Texas that doesn't have any income tax or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like geographical luck and Florida's the same I think but like that hasn't been enough to get Orlando Florida's uh, Florida's
1: Florida the, Florida the same but it's also an hour north of Miami and apparently the weather's a lot more humid and gross so it's like yeah. it loses the selling point of that
0: um, and Miami get to do whatever they want at all times yeah. apparently which is what I would like talk about like yeah. <laughs> people are getting excited about the fact that I don't know the Heat managed to get all the depot And obviously, we talked about the fact that they got Trevor Rees a while ago and they didn't really give up a whole lot. They give up Kelly Olinick and then some random Avery Bradley and a draft pick swap and whatever. But, like, so they give up Kelly Olinick in terms of like actual basketball players. And Victor Oladipo, while not being the max player that people thought he was before he got injured, is still fine. And they got him for nothing. I don't think they should re-sign him for the amount of money that he's going to ask for, but like, he's going to help you in the yep. short term. <laughs> um, I looked at my phone earlier and I saw that the Heat had a game last night that they—it was like a wheelchair basketball score. It was like <laughs> low nineties to high seventies or something. Oh, I'm gonna look up, gonna look up the score. It was, um, where is it? Uh, um, this is good listening. Oh, yeah, they beat the Pacers 92 87 last night. And I thought for a minute that they'd like put all their new signings in and just decided to be this defensive juggernaut. But no, that's not what <laughs> happened. They, <laughs> they had Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic on the floor. Just were bad. Just, the Pacers were just bad. Yeah, um, Drew Holiday shot, I mean, Justin Holiday shot 18% last night.
1: Aces have been a, a tough watch this year, to say the very yeah. least. Um, yeah,
0: but one of the sort of broader strokes about this sort of trade deadline for me is the fact that not everyone that we thought was going to move ended up moving. Like, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are very, very, very happy that Kyle Lowry stayed put. Yeah, because that's one last team for them to really care about in terms of Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia can really trouble the. Nets.
1: Mm, I,
0: her, I, I'd love them to try. It's like, does Joel Embiid have a early two thousands Shack postseason or not? Is yeah, the question.
1: I I disagree with you a little bit. I think the I think the Sixers. I think the Bucks are the best individual matchup to take away what the Nets want to do. I think they're yeah. about about the only team with a chance. Three I on th- three. Yeah, I think the Sixers have chance to muck up styles badly enough that it gets interesting with Brooklyn. Because yeah. Brooklyn's biggest weakness is defensive rebounding, and they're going to have to double and triple Embiid. And they've got Simmons and Teibel, and those guys are like ferocious offensive rebounders. So I do see a scenario where... Ben Simmons weird kind of shapelessness. We just, like in one series, he finds a role that suits him perfectly and it might be enough to torment Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, it's like defend Kevin Durant on one end and then you just run. But then the thing is like, if you're going to have Tybal and Simmons on the floor, your other two guys really probably should be offensively, Curry and Danny Green and then yeah. you might be in some sort of trouble because I don't know Danny Green's still an okay defender he's not Danny yeah. Green anymore like he's not five years ago Danny Green but I don't know I feel like needing Seth Curry on the floor might put you in some sort of difficulty or no you're gonna have you're gonna have to devise Hyrus on the floor I yeah. guess and, it-
1: I think the um, the Seth Curry plan would just be to play him and Joe Harris like when wheelchair basketball teams load up and then play like a one-point female. And they're like, okay, you two just kind of push up and down, guard each other and stay out of the way of all the people who actually want to move around.
0: Yeah, just make them defend each other in the halfway line, yeah. like, <laughs> like Turkish clubs do with one-pointers, yeah. where they're like, just jump and stay out of my way, yeah. man. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that could be interesting, but should we go bit by bit through the... Yeah, let's do it. That, we, like the actual individual trades that we think have made a difference.
1: Should we start on the big news of DeLon Wright for Corey Joseph? Yes. The two most the same backup point cards <laughs> imaginable, and yet there was some value in swapping them. I don't know, Corey Joseph,
0: a couple of years ago, people cared about. And then it's like one of those things where like someone is like, Good on the fringes of an actual team with a real coach, and it's like this guy's gonna make some money and then he's gonna go to a bad team and start being bad again. Like, <laughs> um,
1: okay, most inconsequential trade go. Oh man, um, the one that was Terrence Davis to Sacramento for nobody
0: <laughs> for a second round pick this year, for- which is just like. Trading for a pick way in the future is like, I'm going to make a bet that this team is going to be worse, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Trading for a pick this year is like, I know exactly the value of this guy <laughs> and I just don't think he's good. Yeah. Okay, no, I think Marquise Chris and Cash yeah, that, that were the draft
1: rights to Katie Lalan. That Chris was my... Playing in Korea, yeah. I think. <laughs> that was my runner-up considering the Spurs then waived Marquise Chris as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's like we're paying you to just like. I think they're just they were just trying to get under the tax.
1: Yeah, ridiculous. Um, also, okay, talk
0: about the fact that Miami did all of that. Yeah, stayed under the tax when we get there. I'm just putting that out there. But should we start with? I think the trade that actually swung things more than anything else. Good. Yeah. So Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. Did you know, every Gary in the NBA got traded. Yeah, traded? I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much fun. Other fun thing that happened uh, is Gary Trent Jr. got traded 41 games into his third season um, from Portland to Toronto. Portland to Toronto, exactly the same as his dad. Yeah, that's, which is that's nuts, amazing. But yeah, so Magic get Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and some some future picks, and the Nuggets got Aaron Gordon. And um, Gary Clark. And while I still don't know if the Nuggets are gonna be good enough to beat any of the either the LA teams healthy or the three better East teams that they might meet if they got to the finals, this certainly gets them a lot closer to like yeah. a conventional team that has someone who's six nine ish to defend yeah. LeBron or. Kawhi or Paul, Gir- like they're actually sort of in a slightly better spot to defend the Lakers now, but the Clippers, they still like you need two of those guys.
1: Yeah. I think, have you watched the Nuggets since Gordon came over? I love it. Yeah. It's, it's just
0: like, do you think when he got there, he was like, hey coach, what are our plays? And he was like, hold on, I'll just pass you on to our offensive coordinator, <laughs> <laughs> Jokic in a dark room. It was like, so what do you got to do? Just, just cut yeah where what kind of cut just Just go go to the basket i'll find you run somewhere we'll figure it out um yeah and there's been a couple of plays like that already where he's just been like i'm not sure what to do (laughs) just you can tell there's a thing of like it's like a very like there's other sports that have things that are more like it but you see it in the nba enable able-bodied basketball when the ball's in the hands of a passer like jokic where it's like in football there are certain things where it's like okay the ball goes here this person automatically goes yeah. to this place or like in the nfl obviously it's like ball goes here and as soon as the ball's in this person's hands this person yeah. goes here obviously but like there's just a weird thing of it's like you can tell that he's already figured out like hey if Jukic has the ball and i can get to the basket he's gonna find it yeah
1: and i love it so much it's so good De- denver have been my favorite league pass team probably all year i think um and I think they also lead every league pass team in the number of times I've laughed out loud while watching them. But um, Gordon is kind of like, it's weird because he seems to have this, have given the whole team this energy. And I think Jokic particularly dropping Gordon in his lap is kind of like if I bring a new dog toy home and both the dogs like, I don't really know what this thing is, but man, this is exciting. Um, yeah. So yeah, he like seems to have, not revitalized because Denver were fine anyway, but he seems to upgrade them on paper a lot considering he's basically just replacing what Jeremy Grant did. Um, yeah, for but some... like
0: they actually needed to replace what Jeremy Grant did yeah, because they yeah. didn't get Jeremy Grant back, so yeah. that's and important. It,
1: yeah, and it's it sucks to give up RJ Hampton because I think he's going to be a good player, but also you've replaced grant's role for um a tiny bit less money and on a declining contract and it doesn't stretch over three years which is pretty good and also yeah. i think it's some weird team dynamic stuff where because you've brought gordon in in a trade it seems far more justifiable to put Millsap on the bench now whereas when grant had been playing behind Millsap all year it would have been a stranger dynamic to just be like, right, this is how we're doing it and flip him over, despite yeah. the fact that that probably is what would have been for the best. Yeah. But yeah, I right now I would take Denver against anybody in the West apart from the Lakers. I just... Oh, I, over the Clippers I, already? Yeah, I don't see the Clippers stopping them. And the... No. I think the Clippers have some, will, if it comes to a series like that, I think the Clippers will have some demons about it that they're not... They haven't proven themselves to be mentally strong enough to get past up to this point. Yeah, I just
0: need a Nuggets Jazz seven game series. Like, like I just
1: like to hook it into my veins. The, they're the this is they're the jewel of the Western Conference because you can put them in any playoff series, first round through to Western Conference Finals, and you can be like, it could be Denver versus Team X. You're like, yep, I'll watch all seven of those games if it comes to it. They're, yeah. they're just the best watch of anybody in the league, I think.
0: Just looking up the standings right now, and obviously things are going to move around, but like first round at the minute, it's Lakers Nuggets, and oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Lakers are obviously going to keep free falling, but there's like a world in which the Lakers end up in like seven and have to play the Suns. Yeah. And then if you get the Mavericks moving up a little bit, Mavericks, Nuggets might be. Yeah. The, if Den- it, yeah. The Nuggets are going to get Mavericks or
1: Trailblazers probably. Um, um, and yeah. oh my God. If Denver stay in the middle of the pack, then some teams are going to, and like you say, the Lakers keep falling. Some teams are going to have to have some serious um, tactical wins and losses where they try and cushion themselves so they, so they don't get like the two seed and play the Lakers, but also don't get the four seed and play the Nuggets. <laughs> like, it just yeah. it, it's such a minefield trying to work your way around that. And the Jazz are like, yeah, we got the top seed, and it's like, oh, cool, you might get the Lakers in the first round. Have fun with <laughs> that. I do, yeah, I do think there'd be like some
0: funny, there'd be some funny stuff near the end of the season where it's like the Lakers are falling so dramatically that you see teams like. I don't know, you, you see teams tweeting out their normal starting lineups and then being like, okay, amended. Um, the Nuggets are starting Campazo, Gary Clark. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like... bowl like, Zeke Nagy yeah, ball and, ball the, the, point and point the water point. guy. Yeah. yeah. Just seeing teams being like, wait, no. Did I say our normal starters? I meant RGN team. <laughs> My bad. Just trying to react to tanking game by game rather than having a rough idea that this yeah. team is going to be actually marooned at a certain spot is really interesting but yeah so Ooh, makes I think them better probably doesn't make them good enough uh
1: yeah I think that's fair on paper I also think given the run that they put together last year don't count them out against anybody yeah because I think
0: he's like best offensive player in the world at the minute so it's like no one stops him so it's just whether yeah. he can it's like no one stops him and he his skill set is most conducive to making it really easy on the guys that would normally let you down. Yeah. On offense anyway. Like there's no I'm gonna get to the rim, throw you the ball over here, and if you can't make a tough shot, we're gonna lose. It's like, hey,
1: I will get you layups. <laughs> like yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I think even to make one final point on it, I think their biggest the thing they could have some hope in against the Lakers this year is that the Lakers were like the best defense in the playoffs last year, but their defensive game plan was effectively, all right, we're going to put AD on your best guy. And then we feel fairly confident that we'll win the defensive battle 4v4 if those guys are kind of excluded from the proceedings. Yeah. But I think if you're going to have to go, well, I say small, if you're going to have to go AD at the five to play Jokic, I'm not 100% sure that the Lakers have a four on four advantage against Murray, Barton, uh, Porter Jr., and Gordon. No, I, I'm not sure anymore, especially depending on if
0: everyone's actually healthy or not. Like, Yeah. yeah. Although I mean, the thing is, I don't know if they actually go small. Like, I wonder if they just stick AD on someone like Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. and just figure it out from there. Like, because AD, so, like,
1: AD yeah, defends Jamal Murray for 40 minutes. P- like Potentially, but who. Who out of Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, and Mark Gasol are you gonna put on Jokic for a lot of minutes in a seven game series? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not sure it really, yeah. I'm not
0: sure it, it matters. I wonder if it's the sort of thing where it's like, hey, no one stops him anyway. So do we just like yeah. if you're gonna have to double team him, do you double team him with two worse guys rather than yeah someone yeah, great? Or, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I c I can't wait to watch. I really hope we get a Lakers and Nuggets series at some point. That's so exciting. Um, should we hit next yeah go ahead cool so we kind of very briefly touched on this but we'll go we'll stay with the Orlando theme and we'll go Vucevic to the Bulls along with Al Farouk Aminu which contributes to precisely nothing in return for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter and some draft picks thoughts
0: thoughts The Bulls are gonna be fine now. Like yeah, that's a kind thing. of like we're talking about whether I think there's any point in shooting for bottom of the playoffs. And yeah. that's kind of what they're going for. Like they're still not gonna stop anyone. I don't think like I put on a bit of the game from last night to see if anyone
1: was actually playing and like Vooch was playing, but I don't think uh, yeah, Le- Levine didn't Levine play. was and not. And Kobe White was out. And they went with some huge lineup. I think basically the Bulls have looked at what Orlando had that you described a minute ago, where it's like, hey, here's a hard ceiling as a sixth seed. And the Bulls are like, whoa, we got to get us some of that. Um, it's
0: like, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I just, it's it's going to be more fun. Yeah. But it's as if Vuce is like, Stepped forward into like the absolute peak of what the magic could ever have been, but like I don't know, Zadaransky is fine, and I I think Tice is good. Like I think it's weird that he's there when like he really yeah they they don't need him, and Boston kind of did.
1: Yeah, I think Boston had basically realized how um, middle of the pack they were, and they were like, well, Robert Williams is our highest upside center and we need to not be playing tristan thompson at all like tice is good tice is good and solid but he wasn't gonna there was nothing in his game that was going to raise them a level like williams might eventually do yeah Um, he's the guy that needed to be like middle of the pack consistently
0: and the other guys needed to take a step up but they realized that that wasn't really happening yet so and also it's like you just don't want to be playing Two centers, even though he's six but he's played
1: center for them. Like yeah. you don't need playing two centers. Well, I think he he suits well as a backup big. I think he's probably among the best backup bigs. But my my ultimate hope for Tice is that Larry Markkinen still being baby faced and clean cut has like a few months with Daniel Tice and comes back buzz cut and tattooed up and he's like, yeah, this is, this is what gets Americans scared of European guys is when we look like Tice. Um. But I also think the Vooch trade just means the end of the Larry Markanen era for the Bulls. Because I don't, if you couldn't fit Markanen in well with Wendell Carter, who is kind of his whole game is that he can kind of adapt and fit around other front court guys, I don't see the Markanen and Vucevic pairing working particularly well. Yeah. But, I think he's
0: gone. Yeah, he's going to exactly. ask for a little bit more money than he could. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, there's a weird thing of, like, if you're trading for Vucevic, it probably means that you want to win basketball games, so you should pay your players. But, like, that's kind of... Trading for Vucevic, but not keeping your young, promising draft pick around is kind of proof that you're aiming for slightly higher, but not the top. Like, you're just trying to be a little better than you were, which is fine, but it doesn't... Like, two, three years, they're back to the start
1: again. Yeah, but once again I, I guess if you want to sell tickets yeah i wonder if the bulls um if their mission is to just do what the raptors did for so long where it's like we'll just make the playoffs every year until we have like a trade opportunity to fit some a real difference maker into a good enough team um yeah but they've already like yeah agreed they've <laughs> like... given up they've given up a lot and i think this is gonna look probably look worse in hindsight because they're going to give up Marconin's rights because they won't want to pay him and also this draft is like meant to be one of the strongest in the last however many years and they have yeah. given up this year's pick to Orlando who are now going to have basically two top six picks I would imagine um, probably so yeah I don't imagine this one will look great for the Bulls in hindsight and that's a little bit worrying considering that this is the first year of kind of new management yeah. Um but i think a lot of it is like if you get someone like zach levine who starts
0: producing the way he is there's a little bit of pressure to give him something to keep him around i guess and it's rough and it's dumb but like you do kind of have to like we're not just sitting talking to each other on zoom and analyzing it like you do kind of have to play to the human element of it too and if you want to keep that guy around and he thinks he needs a little more help you do have to go out and Try and get him something. I guess. Like it's really hard to be like, stick around, we're terrible, but trust me, it's the best thing for us for four more years. Like yeah. I guess that's a really tough sell for like a young guy who's scoring 30 a yeah. game and taking a step up.
1: And while while I say that about new management, they do get to now say, Hey, it's our first year in charge of the team and we've got two all stars. Yeah. Asterisk. <laughs> but
0: the two guys that wouldn't make the all-star team. In a different conference or yeah. a different year. <laughs> so, like the some of the worst all-stars I've I've I can remember, but yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, I think that's that one. Um I look forward to seeing the bulls in the eighth seed. You got another one? Um we
0: kind of touched on it already, but will we do the heat's overall thing? Y- yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the Heat got Victor Oladipo or Kelly Olynyk, Avery Brathley, and a pick swap. And in a separate deal, which really should have just been consolidated, they got Bielica, Lemanja Bielica, for Harkless, and Chris Silva. So they got rid of one player that they actually play. They got Bielica, who is a better Kelly Olynyk, Yeah. <laughs> and they got Victor Oladipo, who... Is fine. I don't yeah. think he's he's not moving the needle the way he would have two years ago. Obviously, yeah. like two years ago, he was a All NBA, yeah, candidate Third. or actually All NBA, wasn't he? Third team, I think he was in eighteen, maybe. Which is like, yeah, that's, that's amazing if you can yeah. do that. But like, I don't know. It makes them better, and it's just like they got under the they got under the tax while doing all of this, so they got better, got yeah. under the tax. Um, and also, they get... we need to stop talking about them as if they actually made the finals last year yeah. for any good reason apart from just a good run. Like, they're not, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as the top three no, in I don't, the East. I
1: don't think they are. I think they're, by the end of the season, I think they'll be in kind of a separate tier of their own where they'll just be the fourth best East team where they're kind of not threatened by anybody below them, but also don't really threaten any better than
0: the Celtics yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah I would say so I've seen I'd love to see that fourth five
0: though because that that's like a yeah that's a lot like that could have been a east finals
1: last year that what was that The East finals last year I think it was uh yeah it was yeah it was yeah because oh, Celt- yeah, that, that was the East finals last year sorry, sorry. Celt- Celtics beat uh Toronto in the second round didn't they? um yes. yeah, yeah I'm Not entirely sold on this um, version of Miami, but I think if considering they didn't look anything like their kind of finals going selves from last year, the fact they were able to give up one rotation guy to get an immediate upgrade and kind of a 25-game evaluation span of Oladipo and then have no financial obligation towards him unless they choose to is not necessarily a bad spot to be in. Um, Yeah, because they've they basically traded for the last couple of months of his contract, and then if it doesn't work out, they can let him go. and yeah, they, they, they loaned him, basically, just to see yeah. whether and, they
0: can. Because I guess there's a thing of Miami have got this culture of like everyone working really hard and keeping everyone below a certain level of body fat percentage and yeah. getting everyone in great shape and whatever. So I guess there's a thing of like, let's get in and see if we can Miami heat him into being the guy he was and they honestly might be able to. so it's like yeah. there's a
1: thing of we get to see if we'll actually have that effect on him. so yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think as long as he is you know he's going to come off the bench, I would imagine, but as long as he's happy to play his role in Miami, he's kind of in a better situation than he's been since his injury where he was he couldn't climb back to being the guy in Indiana and that Houston team was a mess. Um, But yeah, I mean, just to your your point about the Heat and Celtics being in the finals last year, if they played that series again this year, Miami are going to wax the bench minutes so badly that the the starters versus starters minutes might be inconsequential if the Heat can pull Dragic, Oladipo, and then... You know, kind of hero and precious and Trevor Rees are off the bench, or you know, if Bielitz is in that lineup or whatever, the Celtics would lose the bench minutes of every single game those guys played because I can't name one good bench player off the Celtics unless Smart comes off the bench in various games.
0: Yeah, there's a weird thing. I haven't years there now, which we'll talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. But like, sorry. But there's a weird thing of like Celtics went from this team that seemed to be like, okay, we've got a load of wings. We just need them to develop in the right way to now, like they made a trade so that they don't have to play two centers at the same time. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it's really strange because like, they seem to be like super deep and it kind of just not all yeah, the that, right way for them.
1: They've, they've got a, um, they've got a real problem with their bench of guys who are just specialists like Ojale can come in and defend somebody, but you're playing four on five on offense. I quite liked Naismith when he was playing college basketball, but he now appears to specialize in running to three spots and catching and shooting. And he contributes not a whole lot else. Um, Yeah, so like you say, it's kind of weird. They've overcorrected on being wing heavy and balancing the rest of the roster out to now being crazy light on the wings. And I I felt like they'd, having gone to finals last year when it was, like you say, Miami only got there because of a crazy run. But I wondered if the Celtics had missed their best opportunity. And it feels that way a lot now, unless they're going to switch their starting lineup up to be Tatum brown robert williams and peyton pritchard and just be like okay we've we're rolling on the timeline of a slightly younger group now rather than trying to shoehorn in Kemba and tristan thompson and those guys yeah yeah i'm not sure what's in it for them but i would take miami over boston right now long story short do we think Depot goes back to miami uh yes i think
0: what will happen is he'll like have a good time there and be pretty well looked after and he won't get a whole lot of traction in the, yeah i think that, in the free agency market
1: i think and that's he'll go a back real there for like 15 years. that's a real possibility i think Depot's options are going to be to either take the money that miami offer or get paid fairly handsomely and end up somewhere terrible
0: Yeah, it'll be like, hey, do you want to be in Sacramento babysitting? Or, I don't know, Sacramento (laughs) are so badly run that they might not have the money to pay Victor Oladipo 15 a year. I know there's a couple of teams that have like 30 million in space for the next year,
1: but... Yeah. Yeah, I... I wondered if Oladipo would be this summer, would be the grab of whichever team has a mandate to make the playoffs. So, you know, the same way that the Hawks were like, hey, let's get everybody who's slightly underwhelming and see if it cobbles together into a playoff team. And it looks like it probably will by default because the middle of the East is terrible. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think Oladipo will be back in Miami and I hope they get the best out of him because. I really like Depot, and I have a Pacers jersey of his, which I hope will become vintage at some point if he has a good rest of his career. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm not sure I own a single NBA jersey of a player that is currently still on that team. Yeah, I think my only one that I own is a Dame Lillard one. And obviously he's never been anywhere but Portland and a Michael Porter Jr. one, which I got for my birthday last year and haven't worn once because the weather's been so terrible. So, yeah, I was thinking the other
0: day, like, I need to get a couple because it's nice here all the time now. Yeah. It's like, there's some cool, cool, like, there's like a couple of, like, Phoenix and Portland and yeah. weird jerseys that I'm like, that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Portland, shall we do Norman Powell for Gary Trent, which we touched on the, um, the weird, uncanny dates and numbers of the trade a second ago? Yes. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Because I... Even now, having watched both teams, I'm not sure I can make head nor tail of why this deal happened.
0: Um, yeah, I kind of don't. It's a little bit of a shrug. like there, I don't know, one team wanted to get a little, a little bigger. I guess,
1: yeah. Like they're they're basically exactly the same size, and Powell's, which wings- is
0: weird because I really didn't think they were. Yeah,
1: Powell's wingspan is about two inches more than Trent's, and I refuse to believe Portland thought that, that was going to swing the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's a bit wild. Um, I really don't. I suppose it was Norman yeah. Pyle for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. So it's like yeah. two NBA players that seem to be very. Toronto raptors where yeah. it's like you're slightly smaller than a wing slightly yeah. bigger than a guard and yeah, that's a, we, can, a good we point. can run you around and you can hit some shots and I don't know, Norman Pyle is out of contract at the end of this year right? Yes So it's like I guess they just don't want to
1: pay him? Potentially but Trent's also a restricted free agent and he's just, he'll be finishing his rookie deal. So I would guess they'll want to lock him up if they gave up Norman Powell to get him, unless their plan is to just keep nobody around and completely bottom out. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Uh, I, I, I heard a rumor that teams are expecting Norman Powell to get 20 million a year. Yeah. Next I heard year. that. What so that. I guess the Raptors read that like not from us, you're not. (laughs) So I guess that's the thing. If you're not gonna pay a guy and you are going to then have to let him go, you may as well try and get something for him. So if you get Gary Trent Jr. in Rodney Hood for three months of a contract, like yeah Yeah, that's I guess that's a pretty decent deal and maybe the Blazers think they're gonna keep him around. Because I think the Blazers probably thought they were gonna get so they were going to have a run at Aaron Gordon and then when they didn't get him I'm sure they were like, Damn, we promised you someone who was slightly taller than you.
1: yeah, I, um, my kind of overriding theory on this is kind of two parts to it, but that ties in with what you said. I think the blazers have a case of buyer's remorse on Derek Jones jr specifically um because I don't think he's been quite what they needed, hence them being involved in the Aaron Gordon thing, because you would assume that Aaron Gordon would have either replaced Derek Jones or they would have traded them for him directly. Um, Yeah. Because they've brought Powell in and he's now starting at the small forward. Yeah. Which was, I guess, Derek Jones and Covington were relatively interchangeable. So I guess similar to what we said about Gordon and Millsap in Denver. It's easier to bring a guy in via trade and put him in the starting lineup than it would have been to just at midseason be like, "Hey Derek, you're losing your starting spot to this guy who's been on the bench all year." Yeah, hey, um, we were wrong. I know we told you that you were better than this guy, but... yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the getting rid of Rodney Hood element is because Nasir Little's been coming on to some extent, and I think he probably. Fits the mold ever so slightly more of like we talked about with Denver matching up with LeBron and Kawhi and those guys. Nassi a little at least looks the part of somebody who can do that. Where I feel like Rodney Hood might snap if you asked him to kind of shoulder the, the LeBron assignment. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, that's my idea. I don't know for sure that that's the case but that seems to make more sense than neither team wanted to pay their guy so they swapped them and then felt something of an obligation to pay the other team's guy
0: yeah it's weird it'd be interesting to see if they actually pay the other guys yeah. um, i think if you give up like if you give up something else like i think i think the raptors will probably not pay but I think the Blazers might. Yeah, potentially. If you're giving up two guys, like you're giving up something extra, so you're no. not just swapping to be like, we don't want this guy. Well, we don't want this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I think in terms of the interesting ones, we touched on Fournier in Boston. Other than him having had a horrendous debut the other night, I don't. We just, we've just kind of talked about Boston, so we'll not retread the entire thing. But let's hope for their sake that Fournier gets better than he was because... Did you watch that game? Uh, no, because I'd heard what I'd heard what happened before I put it on, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, eh, "No, I'm good." Yeah, no, it, it was tough watching. And he's wearing number ninety four as well, which I always think guys wearing crazy high numbers looks a bit tacky. But maybe that's just me. He's just a big George Bates fan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Um, I think that's all the good ones. Shall we talk about the fact that the buyout market seems to have angered the vast majority of the internet for some reason I don't fully understand? Uh, yeah, cool. Um, so you were the one
0: that pointed this out to me. I'd kind of considered these things before, but never really actually realized that it was a real thing that people were upset about. So do you want to
1: lay out your, your findings? Uh, Well, I won't call it my findings because I read a Sports Illustrated article by Howard Beck. (laughs) So I don't know if they're my findings secondhand. But yeah, basically, I think the NBA has kind of more so this year than any other year where we kind of joked about the buyout market when we last recorded in terms of the big names being shifted around being Marvin Williams and Markeith Morris. And it's funny because they're probably just as valuable as the present-day iterations of LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, who have both found their way to the Nets in this year's buyout market. And I think basically the majority of NBA teams and fan bases are a bit tired of the fact that if you're a contending team, you effectively get to sweep up for free the mistakes that other teams have made, such as Aldridge being bought out by the Spurs, Blake being brought out by the Pistons. It is Pistons, isn't it? He's been so so irrelevant that I've not watched him for a long time. Um, Or in the Lakers case, Drummond being bought out by the Cavs. And it costs the big-name teams nothing, and they get to bring these guys in. Well, not nothing, but NBA nothing. Yeah, Um, yeah. It it lets them bring these guys in because they're an attractive team because of their quality and they're in an attractive location of LA or New York. And in an NBA where everything seems to be swinging increasingly towards players just wanting to live in a desirable location, this is kind of another layer of that that isn't even really fixable by the salary cap or any of the mechanisms that are in place to ensure some level of competitive balance. But yep. all that all that said, I don't think either Lamarck Eldridge or Blake Griffin are very good anymore. So I wonder how much of this is relevant at all yeah that's my thing and Blake Griffin described it very well where he was like
0: I've just spent two years being told I'm terrible and (laughs) I'm going to the Brooklyn Nets and it apparently makes a big big difference where it's like you're literally saying that players that you want to pay to not play for you anymore leaving and going to another team is bad for you if that's the case keep them and play them like it's literally you're just you've realized you've Watched it and want to rebuild so you're buying out your older players like it's yeah, I don't think it's a real thing like I, I get that when players get bought out they go to the better teams but like win games and people will probably come like yeah. it's not like people are going to people are going to these Glamorous markets like L.A. and New York and Milwaukee, yeah, (laughs) like they're just good. And I know it's harder to be. I know it's way harder to be good. Yeah, when you're Milwaukee, but like, it's not. I don't know. Like, the Spurs could keep Lamarcus if they wanted him to not go to a good team. And if you're one of these middling teams that, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think. Let's pick. A, like a Midland team that's not actually going to do anything in the w- West. Uh, Grizzlies. Like, yeah. I don't think the Grizzlies getting a Marcus Aldridge is going to help them yeah. win a championship. Yep. So it like, because it's only for three months, it doesn't help you in anything apart from the really, really short term. So the only teams that should be doing it are the teams that are going to hopefully yeah. win a championship. So it's like completely... It's it's only for the good teams anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of see both sides of it in that if you're, who's a mid-tier playoff team. So if if you're, yeah, let's say Boston, for example, it's kind of annoying that maybe you could have got one more piece to help you get a leg up that decided to go to one of the teams that's above you already. But also, it's not crazy to suggest that if you've been a good team all year, you get some amount of reward for having done like if you're good at your job, you will get a bonus at some point. And it's yeah. it's maybe not that simple. But I no, think and it's also mo-
0: the thing is like there's no way to restrict it because then you're restricting NBA players' ability to have free agency over where they choose to work, which is anyone else's right. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> like you're never gonna take a step back in players having the choice.
1: Yeah, no, it's not happening. I also think it's predominantly just a bias against big markets as well, because and big names, because nobody seems at all irate that Jeff Teague and potentially Austin Rivers are on their way to Milwaukee. But no. like maybe Austin Rivers, as we've of the guys we've just laid out, there is a case to be made that Austin Rivers is potentially the most helpful of any of those guys. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, and Lake well, seems to be playing well, but like
0: Austin Rivers considering the needs of the Bucks, Yeah. Austin Rivers is out there, like an actual NBA player that can shoot the ball and stay in front of the people. Like- yeah.
1: Yeah. I I don't know what the solution to it is. I do think that if there's an argument we made against it, it's the fact that the whole NBA is so strictly tied to the salary cap and the maximums and minimums and the various whirrings of that machine and the buyout thing just seems to exist separately and it's like hey here's a no strings attached pick up this guy if you've got 800 grand to fork over yeah. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if it does come into the salary cap equation at some point but yeah who knows and in the meantime it probably won't happen unless something crazy happens where it's like um Anthony Davis has just been bought out and flipped to an opposite contender No, that's the thing. And it's like, it
0: literally saves the teams that have made bad choices money. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. You see sort of lower level playoff team. Like you see the Hawks complaining about it, but you certainly don't see the Cavs complaining about the fact that they were able to like help Andrew Drummond move house.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're thrilled to see see him go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's like, you're just... Catering for like you're you're really complaining about like six, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, yeah. in each yeah. conference, yeah. and it's like I don't know, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. But like I I do not own the Detroit Pistons, for example. Yeah, well,
1: that's a good. If thing. I did, I probably wouldn't be worried about this either because I'd be a gazillionaire. So <laughs> whatever. Like, and you'd have just got out of paying Blake however much he owed him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's ultimately a lot of worrying about nothing and won't change until somebody is bought out, signed somewhere else, and seriously swings the title picture, which I don't think has ever happened.
0: Mm. No. Well, there's been like a couple of players that have like hit big shots and stuff, but like big, like good players don't get bought out, obviously. So, because it's like, only players that are not good enough to get your team
1: to the playoffs yeah anyway yeah sure who who is the to flip it from the players point of view who is the most fuming right now that they've ended up in whatever situation they're in and don't just get a buyout and to try and latch on to somewhere good Ooh.
0: <laughs> Vucevic no <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's already like I can't believe I moved
1: host for this <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I heard it on another podcast somewhere after their first game against the Spurs, and it was like seemed like par for the course for Vucevic because he had twenty and ten and lost by double digits, and then the, like the game after that, I can't remember who the Bulls played, but they he also had like the exact same stat line of twenty one and nine and then lost again. <laughs> it was like oh man, tough start. Yeah, um,
0: it's like it's nice to know that he's consistent. Like he's gonna get you twenty one and nine no matter what. Yeah, but, I don't know. Um, I think there's a weird thing where, like, the the guys that the like the two guys that have gone to Brooklyn might know that they're not going to play a whole lot when it matters, but like they for sure might. Like, yeah, I think Blake could play. I don't think Lamarcus is going to do a whole lot. He might stand in the corner for eight minutes a game in like lower playoff games.
1: I assume he's going to play. Some role at least, because the whole all the chat was Lamarcus to Miami, and then the Brooklyn thing came out of nowhere. So he must have some nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We've got something for you here that they can't offer you. Yeah, you would think. I don't know. Um, Maybe
0: maybe he just thinks he maybe he wants to win one. Like that could be it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're gonna. I think they're gonna win the championship. So like he's gonna play the Tracy McGrady on the 2013 Spurs role (laughs) where he just sits there. Um, Yes. Yeah, my pick for Guy who's fuming he didn't get bought out is actually the reverse of the Vucevic trade is Otto Porter going from the Bulls to the Magic and they've actually like got him in uniform and playing. <laughs> he must be like, come on, man. Like I was on a team that was teetering on the edge of the playoffs and then made a push for the playoffs and that involved me having to leave and I'm now on the 14 seed in the Eastern Conference and they actually want me to babysit these kids.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he genuinely feels a little bit like the you way know, there's some players that get traded from one team to the other, and there's an understanding that they're going to get moved again. So like, the Magic get in touch with the player to be like, "Hey, don't yeah, like don't come here yet. Like, we're gonna move you on." Do you think he like hadn't packed his bags or like booked a flight <laughs> or anything yet? And they were like,
1: "Hey, it's game time." Hey, Otto,
0: <laughs> where are you, man? Where are yeah, we've got we've we've got practice in 45 minutes. And he's oh, like, oh. That is I thought you were going right. to send me I thought you were going to send me to the thunder.
1: It's a, it's a shame as well considering um considering all the guys who the Nets have scooped up off the buyout market. I think also Porter would have been more help for it, for the Nets than any of those guys, but yeah. he's I think his contract's up at the end of this year anyway, so he should get free of Orlando at some point. Um so hope hopefully because he's All all he's done since signing that huge contract is beyond the wizards as they were bad, beyond the bulls as they were bad, and now be on the magic as they will be bad for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So
0: not a a great not a great existence for the guy. But he's like it's funny because he's one of these people that were like used as like an example of the cookie cutter wing that can play a bit of defense and shoot some threes and whatever, and now he's just like But not actually you. It's like when someone gets described as like, we need an Otto Porter type. (laughs) Hey, my name's Otto Porter. We didn't mean you. Get out of my face.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a rough existence. Shout out to Otto Porter. At least, if nothing else, he's got a dog named after him.
0: Shout out, Otto Porter, if you're listening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which he probably is, because apparently there's nothing to do in Orlando.
0: Right. I think they're wide open. I think everything's open. Like Disneyland's probably...
1: okay fair enough uh i think on that note we've landed exactly on an hour so we've probably rambled enough unless you have anything to ramble about last minute um nothing to ramble about just
0: to say that we've we can see the numbers of how many people actually listen to this and it's enough that if you're listening and have anything fun that you'd like us to talk about we could probably make a podcast out of it so yeah that's true please do get in touch um yeah, we love but... nothing more than to benefit off your thinking and your labor <laughs> so that we don't have to think of podcast ideas. We literally sent messages last night being like, yeah, we should probably do the trade deadline. All right, <laughs> cool. So if I have to think even less than that next week,
1: client, Yep. Benchunits.com slash questions. Um, we are in the early stages of the process of sticking some social media accounts together. So we'll be reachable on there until that point. If you for any reason can't leave us a question on our website hit james up on his various social medias or hit in me any bin anywhere <laughs> hit me by carrier pigeon or look me up in the yellow pages Please, so i'll give you mark's address message me <laughs> and i'll give you mark's address <laughs> right on that note we'll get out of here so thank you for listening everybody well cool. peace See you later
0: thanks guys